Hey, everybody. Hi, guys. Well, from the sandy shored beaches and palm trees of Salt Lake City. It's Thank God I'm Atheist, the podcast. I'm Frank. And I'm Dan. And that was completely false about Salt Lake City and the <laughs> the, the palmy... What did you say? Was no, I don't know. Oh, so my God. We do have sandy shores. There are sandy shores. I don't really Fly infested sandy shores. <laughs> but no palm trees that no, I know of. No. Coming up on today's episode, we're going to have another installment of What Mormons Believe. It's a good one, actually. Yeah, this is, I'm excited I'm about this one. I'm looking forward to this one. one. Um, and then, of course, we have our normal routine. Um, oh, we're going to hear a little bit from that uh, nice Pat Robertson again. I know. So that's he's, a, he's, he is a treat, <laughs> is what I think. Yeah, he, well, <laughs> it's just because he's unpredictable. Yeah. He really <laughs> completely, is. Completely unpredictable. Anyway, yeah. Well, um... Speaking of unpredictable, uh-huh. um, I don't know if that was a good segue or not, but <laughs> atheists seem to be unpredictable to me yeah. as far as like how far you never know what so many of our, our atheist brothers and sisters, if we'll call them that. Sure. Um, brethren. I prefer uh, <laughs> brethren and sisterin. How many of them are uh, so completely willing to be so over the top? offensive to uh believers right um and a lot of this we've talked about this before but it it comes in the form uh specifically of billboards oh they love their billboards oh my god we've talked about doing a billboard i think a billboard is a great way to go it's a fun thing to do but i think it's about um building I, i think that we should be promoting ourselves as a group Rather than tearing down other groups, personally, <laughs> Wait that's the way I kind of think. Are you claiming that somehow there have been atheists who have been naughtily tearing down other people's? Um, li- yeah, uh, case in point, um, the uh, there was a billboard in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, um, that is apparently coming down in honor of a new billboard. Um, mm. uh, about the year of the Bible mm. um, that, that the American atheists are going to be running. Um, so I'm sure that stay tuned for, for what that's <laughs> right. going to be. Um, but um, the one that's coming down, it says across the top um, in big, bold letters, slaves obey your masters. Mm-hmm. Slaves obey your masters. It's from... Right. Uh, Colossians, 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 Colossians. Yeah, that's wow. The the book of the Bible, the the book of the Bible called called Colossians. You know, people from Colossus. How do I not? Yeah, exactly. Colossus, Colossians. The Colossus. It's Colossians. (laughs) It's Colossians. Yeah, Um, Colossians three twenty two. That is a quote. Apparently, slaves obey your masters. Um, But I, I, I don't know. When you put it up in America. Um, with, um, with that a lovely image, picture. Dan, look at that. How would you describe that image? I would describe that image as a terrible, uh, uh, just, it's a vintage a wrenching. It's a vintage, I assume, um, like an etching sort of thing. Etching. Yeah. Of, uh, of an American, um, of an Af- African slave. Right. Um, who, um, who has his bound, his neck is bound and he has four, I don't even know what those are. What are those? It looks like something out of Saw. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. Yeah, it no, looks, it's it, something it's horrifying. It's this awful like device that. with four things coming from it that have like hooks at the end. I, yeah. I don't and know what it is, but it looks awful. Yeah. 
And then in smaller letters, okay, because apparently now they've got your attention. So, right? yeah. Because this, this seems to be how they work. They're, they're like, let's shock you. So you look at it. Right. But, and, all, but all you can see, like if you're driving down the street, all you're going to see is that terrible image and the phrase, slaves obey your masters. Yeah. That's all you're going to so see. So of course you're going to assume that that's put up by like the Klan. Maybe. Or yeah, like, you know, pfft. Nazis for re-enslavement of black folks mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is a great organization by the way they're very misunderstood <laughs> sure it's a joke um but um the the other thing that you're going to see very clearly right at the bottom it says paid for by americanatheist.org that all is like just that's, <laughs> that's plain as day so basically what people are going to be assuming as they drive past is oh atheists want to reinstate slavery i got yeah yeah why that's, That's what, what I would assume. Right. I'm like, slaves obey your masters. I mean, I would know that they're like, okay, what are they getting at mm-hmm. here? Whatever. Um, oh, they're making you work for it, though. Yeah. And so in smaller letters off to the side, looking maybe an aerial font. <laughs> could be Helvetica. Um, this lesson in Bronze Age Ethics brought to you by the Year of the Bible and the House of Representatives. <sighs> oh, is this the Year of the it's a, it's a, so remember this is another one in a series. This was the first in the series or something. I Anyways, guess. slaves obey your masters. Oh my god! It's well. See again. the The issue is that what we've what we've discovered is a group of people who are so interested in a, in in like shocking mm-hmm. that they're not even like curious enough to think objectively about what message is actually going to be hitting exactly. The, peop- the minds of the people driving exactly. past. Yeah. It just seems so amateurish. Well, and it's so funny. I, I'm totally okay with shocking people. Mm-hmm. I shock people all the time. I say That's true. stupid things and You'll- shock people. But you know what? <laughs> Whatever you were going to say, Frank, cool your jets. I, I find you quite shocking. <laughs> But it's like, but it's like you know, you do it for fun. You do it with two people mm-hmm. or whatever. If you're cra- crafting a message to go up on a billboard, that's supposed to be about promoting your worldview, right? I mean, and really, why would you promote? But see, the thing—it's not even a worldview. Atheism isn't even a worldview. But, but, and so all they're doing is tearing down. They are being the atheists that everybody's like, right? That everybody's, everybody is all the, the, right. the religious folk. They're all angry. They're all upset about. They're all atheists. Angry. They're just... their, own, their only MO is just to be against God right. and against religion. And how, you know, how big like, a chip can you build on your shoulder? Be, sort of I mean, you say it's not a worldview, and you're right. It's not a specific worldview. But it does lend itself to people finding you know, rational approach to living yeah, yeah, yeah. and and that definitely once you start getting into that that does start to we, there is there's a lot of commonality yes between atheists and how we do view the world right well it i mean so there, so atheism sort of a, as just a thing yes you're right that is not a worldview but right. we we share a lot we have a lot in common as atheists and hopefully if we're if we're activists in a sense mm-hmm. what we're promoting is Rational, rational thought. Yeah, um, you know, critical looks at at philosophy. Mm-hmm. You know, scientific view, scientific science in general. I mean, th- these are all things that we. I think most atheists will gladly get behind. Sure, but guess what? <gasps> what? 
Um, there, uh, the, 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 sadly, but wait, there's with, more. <laughs> sadly, the story doesn't stop with the American atheists. Um, also freedom from religion foundation, another, um, atheist group, um, who, for whatever reason, decided to run a full page ad in the New York times, um, on, uh, what was it? March 9th. Uh, I want to say, I know that's, I want to say March 9th. Yeah. Yes. Um, and right, big, bold letters at the top of the, the page uh-huh. says, it's time to quit the Catholic Church. <laughs> and it's like, it's like it's a page torn out of like a, a spiral notebook. Um, it has this little cartoon at the top of this um, minister or minister, um, a priest yeah. with a big Pope hat on. And, it's, and he says, all the outrage. Uh, over something this small, uh, and that's like pointing to a little tiny pill, right? That's a pill bottle. And, that's uh, a pill. Okay. and then there's a woman in the other panel, and uh, she's saying, um, is a bit hard to swallow. To swallow. I think oh, is what, they made yeah. a pill joke about <laughs> hard to swallow. Um, and so it's a, it, 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 it bills itself as an open letter to liberal and nominal catholic um it's your moment of truth oh Um, come on and then it goes on and it i mean it's talking about you know um let's see it accuses the church of creating acute misery poverty needless suffering unwanted pregnancies overpopulation social ills and deaths okay yeah i would blame them of that too sure um and and then it adds that the church hysterically claims that secular uh, medical policy is on uh religious liberty um, there is threatens me, uh, religious liberty, right? Um, which, okay. Um, and then it goes on to say, why put up with an institution that discriminates against half of humanity? I mean, it, the point, the, the fact of the matter Wait, is, which and, half? The, the feminine half? Is that what they're saying? I think so. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, the point <sighs> isn't my point, and our point, Dan. I think is is not that these. The statements are wrong, or the sentiment. No, 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 no. About well, hey, you know, moderate Catholics, this might be a good time to like call your leaders on their bullshit, or right. or get out, or leave. Yeah, or leave. yeah. None of that is. I, I I can't dispute that. I dispute the tactic. I dispute well, and the way they're doing it. Why are Why are we evangelizing? Yeah. You have nothing to be evangelizing. Well, no, I think we should be evangelizing. We should be evangelizing reason. Yes, and and living a, a rational, well thought out life, right? That's 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 humane and good and decent. Right. That's what we should be evangelizing, as opposed to leave your church instead of leave your yeah exactly. How yeah. is leave your church a, a helpful message? That is not a helpful message. All it's going to do all it, all it's going to do is unite people. I, I people bet respond that to positivity. That, people respond to good. I would be willing to bet that that ad has strengthened the faith of a bunch of people. Absolutely. That's well, how does, these things work. It, because it, it, when you're attacked it, in your belief, you, you, hold, actually, the, you the, cling the, to it. You cling to it. The natural human reaction is to build up new structures to help support your belief. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And it's not just that. It's like when you when someone says it's time to leave, you they've set up an us against them mm-hmm. scenario. Absolutely. Pick a side. Yeah. Well, it's not about pick a side. It's not. It's <sighs> about just being good people. 
people, if you're part of an atheist group, <laughs> I, I, ex, I, all I'm all I'm saying is just think about what your message is. Ask yeah. yourself why you want a specific message out there. Mm-hmm. And because, I would say that it should be about promoting who you are, right? And who you know yourself to be, and who you know your other atheists to be. The fact of the matter is that we're already. I mean, the momentum of non-religious people in mm-hmm. a, worldwide mm-hmm. is the fastest momentum of any group. Absolutely. Yeah. We don't need to do anything. No. All we need to do is promote acceptance of non-religious people mm-hmm. and and uh, and ask people to be reasonable. Yeah. That's all you need. Yeah. That's it. People are dropping away already. They're yeah. going to leave their church. Yeah. It's going to happen. Yeah. Matter of fact, I saw, I saw a thing just the other day about, about Britain is going to be more than 50% atheist in like 20 years. Going, you know, projections, statistic, yeah. Projections are saying, uh-huh. yeah. Projections are always anyway. kind of weird because there's also that guy who thinks that Mormons are going to have 250 million worldwide <laughs> members in the next like 40 years or something like that. That, that seems- will join the ranks of right of international world religion religions with a capital mm, R. Yeah. But, oh, that no. seems totally likely to me because <laughs> yeah. they've got such great uh, representatives like that mittens. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Once people see how awesome he is. Oh, and he is awesome. <laughs> he, if, if you can get a handle on who he is, you might think he was awesome. Yeah, yeah. If you could figure out who mm. the hell that is. Speaking of uh, candidates in the Republican race, oh yeah, that refuses to die. Did you see John Stewart describe? <laughs> he said, "It seems now that the that they're that they're trying to decide the Republican candidate by the process of erosion." <laughs> that was a good one anyway that one mr gingrich Mm -hmm. you've heard of him he uh he is outraged yeah what about i don't know about outraged but he says that the new abc show gcb gcb uh it's a show i haven't seen it I've seen yeah, ads for it. I've never even heard of it. I couldn't – when I first saw the ads, I tried to – I just sort of did a cursory look to try and find out what GCB stood for and yeah. couldn't find it and then got bored and just stopped. Girls. But I don't know. Yeah, I didn't know. Okay. Either. It turns out it's from it, – the novel that inspired it is called Good Christian Bitches. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> I, I, yeah. GCB. Okay. Yeah. Good yeah. Christian bitches. And, and oh my god. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> although uh, it's also been called apparently Good Christian Bells. Oh, are they in the South? I suppose so. Okay. I don't know. But Gingrich is mad. Why? Because it's Good Christian bitches. Apparently, this as ABC ABC describes their own show as funny, sassy, and heartwarming drama mm-hmm. uh but mr speaker says that um if the title they would never run a show if the title were good muslim bitches <laughs> <laughs> so clearly it's anti-christian <laughs> see anti-christian he says anti-christian bigotry is considered acceptable in the entertainment industry but islam is protected it's just not fair Oh my god! Um, you know what? I'd probably be more likely to watch good Christian Muslims, good good, good Muslim, good, good, good Muslim bitches. Oh, I I would be fascinated to watch that show. <laughs> whatever, whatever when the Hollywood- comes off. <laughs> 
Oh no! <laughs> oh, and that and 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 that Muslim show, the American Muslims, got canceled. Did you see that? Oh, that was like a lifetime thing or something, right? Or it was like TLC. TLC. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Apparently, it was boring. <laughs> Sup- Muslims being boring. Yeah, that's a big surprise. Yeah. Well, it's not like they're. I mean, unless they're being like crazy, they're pretty boring. Yeah. Well, everybody's pretty boring. That's true. Yeah. Why would you do? I mean, it's a reality show about just some normal Americans. That's a boring show. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. The fact that they happen to be Muslim. I mean, I don't know what that, I don't know what that says to us. Yeah. Anyway. Um, well, Dan, uh-huh. um, did you know, this is hot off the presses, by Ooh. the way. Um, this is important, um, news. It's, it's, it's surprising. It's shocking. Oh, in I'm, fact, I'm prepared for shock. Um, this is from, uh, I guess it's the AP, um, us. There's the headline. Us tags Vatican. As a money laundering concern. <gasps> Scun, dun, dun. Can you believe that? <laughs> and of course, the Obama administration is for the first time citing Vatican City as a potential hub for money laundering. I was wondering where to go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I always thought it was like... I don't, yeah, um, I never know where to launder my money. I was thinking the Isle of Man. Which seems nice. Yeah. But the Vatican City seems... I mean, Vatican it's just got City. a nice air to it. It feels mm. religious. Mm-hmm. Feels like if someone accused you of laundering money there, you could just t- assume a, a very ha- haughty posture and be outraged. Mm. Mm. Indeed. How dare. Do you know this is the Vatican City? <laughs> How dare you, sir? This is orphan money. <laughs> Orphans raised this money. Orphans laundered this money. <laughs> This was laundered by orphans and lepers. <laughs> Apparently, this is from an annual report that comes from the State Department. Oh. Um, it's the International Narcotics Control Strategy Report. <laughs> oh. um, and uh, and I love that the, the article said it identifies the Holy See as one of... The <laughs> Holy See? The Holy See. That's one of the, the, the nicknames of the Vatican City. Oh, that's right. The it's like, S-E-E. Yeah. The Holy See. What the hell does that mean? I've never really understood it. But um, it's one of um, 68 countries or jurisdictions of concern <laughs> oh, okay. uh, for money laundering. So it's not like they actually have cases of money laundering. They've looked at the sort of the banking structure and um, controls and regulations. Right. And they've said... The Vatican could potentially, but I just find it so funny that like, (laughs) who is this like, because also the report places, um, Belgium, Ireland, Portugal, and South Korea on the same list. Um, and, uh, (laughs) this is awesome. This is great. Major economies, um, including Britain, Japan, and the U S are also identified as countries of primary concern. <laughs> well, yeah. So it's our own report. Yeah. And we're on the list. And it's like, <laughs> but the headline <laughs> is U.S. tags Vaticanism under, why? Well, it's the first time. Why? It's the first time. Well, that's true. It is the first time. I just, I just want to know, because what jumps immediately to my mind mm-hmm. is that the people who are using the Vatican City for their money laundering are like the, the Italian mafia mm. in the U.S., Mm-hmm. Like that's who I jump to. It's like, like the Sopranos guys. Mm. Going, you got to take this over to the Vatican. We'll get this taken <laughs> care of. <laughs> well, is there like a Vatican State Bank? I mean, there must be. Yeah, I mean, the, it, yeah. I mean it's a little tiny country. There's only like a thousand people it's, that live there. 
I want, and none do, of do, them do you think the Vatican State Bank uses Latin as its <laughs> as its official language? Bankus Vaticanus, probably. <laughs> Can I write as you as a Czechos? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so I mean, I don't know. It's it's kind of it's interesting. Yeah, you wouldn't so, expect the Vatican. No, no. There are many things that we would expect from the Vatican. <laughs> Speaking of which, necessarily one of them. I, I wanted to contrast. Uh, two different things that I saw this week. One of okay. them uh, is the Episcopalians, also known as the Anglicans, also mm. known as the Church of England's. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Another um, folk. Nice folk. Good. Good people. Good people. Good. People. <laughs> if you go out, if you haven't seen it, everybody, go out and find um, um, Eddie Izzard's uh, whole screed on the Church of England because it's delightful. The the cake or death thing. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's anyway. good stuff. Anyway, um, the Episcopalians have released um, possible uh, – these aren't official yet, but a draft of what same-sex marriage um, rights would look like. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Like official. Wow. Because some Episcopal, Episcopal churches already perform same-sex They do. Marriages. Yeah. They, well, they bless They bless the – that's right. Yeah. They don't – yeah. So now they're working on official rights. Hmm. Uh, uh, for this marriage, oh, okay. Um, probably most of them follow the lines of just a standard, you know, a real marriage. Sure, okay. With, with straight people, okay. Um, other, <laughs> the, the article that I found, in order to get to the excerpts of them, said <laughs> the draft rights are here and does a link, and the part that everyone's curious about from the traditional "I now pronounce you man and wife" looks like this. Okay. And links to this. And so instead of I now pronounce you man and wife, uh -huh. um, insomuch as blank and blank have exchanged vows of love and fidelity in the presence of God and the church, I now pronounce that they are bound to one another in a holy covenant as long as they both shall live. Amen. I like that. Yeah. I like that. That's a good, that's yeah. a good phrasing. It's, it sounds yeah. nice. It doesn't sound like they're... It doesn't sound condescending or whatever. And they're like rephrasing it. Right. Or, and you can't do I now, I now pronounce you husband and husband. <laughs> I'm sure people have. I know it's uh, that just. I mean, it's, wife and wife. <laughs> you may, woman and wife. You may kiss man and husband. The yeah, exactly, man and husband, woman and wife. Yeah, mm -hmm. I like that. Uh, anyways, and then uh, there's a vows about. Um, <clears throat> the, oh, the vows are interesting. Okay. In the name of God, I blank give myself to you blank. I will support and care for you, enduring all things, bearing all things. I will hold and cherish you in times of plenty, in times of want. I will honor and keep you, forsaking all others, as long as we both shall live. This is my solemn vow. Mm. I just think that's nice. That's a nice one. I was actually touched. The first time I read it, I, I was like, I will hold and cherish. It was just nice. It that's just felt, it's worded very, very well. It just feels nice. Oh, the Episcopalians. Yeah. Look at them. In contrast... Uh oh, <clears throat> the Pope today, or not today? <laughs> no. The Pope, in contrast, yeah, I'll say obviously, yeah, yeah. condemns gay marriage in a speech <sighs> to U.S. bishops. God, sexual differences cannot be cannot be dismissed as irrelevant to the definition of marriage. The Pope said, "The <laughs> I power like your Ratzinger impression." <laughs> the Ratzinger. I should do it with a German <laughs> accent. <laughs> The powerful political and cultural current seeking to alter the legal definition of marriage is warning against them. Oh, they are very, very bad. Yeah. <laughs> he, he is 
He's blowing it up. Yeah. He is mad. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the contemporary crisis of marriage and the family has led to grave societal problems bearing immense human and economic cost. Mm, really? Grr. Really? Yeah, I wonder if he could point to anything. I would like to know what he has to offer there. Yeah. Really? What What costs? Yeah. What are these costs, Herr Ratzinger? Herr Ratzinger? There's also, there's also a lovely quote here from Britain's Cardinal Keith O'Brien, mm-hmm. who told Prime Minister David Cameron that same-sex unions were, quote, madness and, quote, a grotesque <laughs> subversion of universally accepted human rights. It's madness! <laughs> Man, he, their oh, wow. panties are in a collective That's twist. Amazing. Ugh, God. Yeah. Well, might as well just shift gears <laughs> to the to the Myrmans. The Myrmans. I like the Myrmans. Um, actually, uh, what I really like about this is that the Desert News, uh, that's uh, Salt Lake City's Mormon newspaper, mm-hmm. um, and I'm just going to start calling them that because that's what they are. Right. Um, they, I, that's not what they claim to be. That's not what they claim to be, it's, and it's not what they used to be. They were always owned by the church, right. but their news and their reporting was okay. Now it's just a Good. mouthpiece. Now it's just a mouthpiece of the church. They've just completely given up any any pretense right. of journalistic integrity and whatnot. Well, there's, when you're good at propaganda, <laughs> go with it. Yeah, exactly. So anyways, this is from the Deseret News. Yeah. Deseret News. Um, and the, the, the headline says... Mm-hmm. Mormonism 101. Oh. We could have easily called what Mormons believe Mormonism 101. It's a good thing we didn't. I know. Good God. There would be copyright issues. <sighs> uh, Mormon- we, we could send a cease and desist. <laughs> we should. <laughs> no, sorry. We're the ones who are t- saying yeah. what. We do Mormons 101. You guys have to come up with a better name. <laughs> Mormonism 101. New LDS Church infographic describes beliefs. Members. I wonder if that's true. Well, I pulled up the infographic. I know you did. And uh, it's it's cute. It's yeah. um They're, you know it's the infographic y the, the LDS it's, church has, has some decent uh uh, uh in designers. Yeah. You know though, I have a feeling graphic designers that it was probably I'm just gonna take a stab. I'm I, I have nothing to base this on. Uh-huh. So just this is just me saying this. Um I think they hired somebody at USA Today. <laughs> it does kind of have a USA Today <laughs> feel to it. I think they were just inspired. Yeah, yeah. So it's very silhouette-y, very limited um, design. Good use of color. Good color, contrast. A little red. Yeah. And, so, then, and a, nice, really contrast, a nice sort of teal. silhouette What, what yeah. would you call that color? A, um, sort of a blue-green. It's a, uh, yeah. It's a, yeah. Anyway. A blue algae. <laughs> Of yeah. some sort. It's Great. lovely. Yeah. Um, and then kind of a rusty, yeah, whatever. So anyways, um, some of these uh, are, are just kind of fun. Um, at the top, it says percentage of sacramental worship services that focus on Christ. Hmm. What, what do you think that percentage is, Dan? Of sacramental worship services that focus on Christ. That focus on Jesus Christ. Well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm okay. going to just say that from my experience going there, mm-hmm. the focus... Was sometimes on Jesus Christ. Sure, yeah. I would say maybe 50%. 50%? 
in my experience. You are wrong. <gasps> oh. Um, we have a factual number? Yes. And their factual number is 100%. <laughs> um, they... <laughs> Yes. And I have to agree with Dan. It's, uh, I don't, I wouldn't know what I would, what percentage I would say just anecdotally from my own experience, but, um, it definitely wouldn't be 100%, but I will say I have heard that they've been uh, doing a little bit of a push to kind of reform the sacrament meeting. Um, Because for people who don't know, the sacrament meeting, uh, it, because it's a lay service, right? They actually have members of the congregation get up and give a talk. Right. They're the, the bishop, uh, who's also lay, um, assigns out topics. Right. And, and so they then, or maybe like a verse, they'll give them like a verse of scripture so and e- they base a talk on that or right. something like that. So each, each meeting, each sacrament meeting is basically you get a, you know, a, a few hymns, mm-hmm. you, you get the, the sacrament service itself, the Eucharist which, which is, or yeah, communion. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you get, uh, two or three talks from members of the congregation. Oftentimes they start with like a, a youth mm-hmm. who will go, who that's the first speaker who will give like a little five to 10 minutes, very which nervous beyond belief. Everybody tolerates because they just, nobody, they're yeah. never any good. Yeah. But they're, they, they're sometimes cute. It's like a book report. They're like bookers. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Um, and then there'll be like maybe a husband and wife, but of course the wife speaks first so yeah. that the husband can speak last. Right. Because um, he has the priesthood. Because he has the priesthood. And he'll close it out with, with, yeah. with a little bit of extra Jesus. And sometimes it's just random people from the ward. Right. Um, but anyways, um, my experience, those little talks, not always uh, Jesus-y. Right. So what they must be saying is that like Jesus does make... An appearance at every there is because sacrament. because they have the sacrament. There's the sacrament. Yeah. So as long as they have the sacrament in the service, it's then, a, then Jesus was there. Then Je- yeah, yeah. Well, he's there. He's always there. He's always there. He's always present. It's not like. Um, but, uh, to be clear, they don't have any sort of transubstantiation thing. It's mm. not like the bread and water turn into the blood and body no, of Christ. True. Or anything. That's true. It's, so Jesus isn't there symbolic. physically the way he the way he shows up to Catholic Church. That's... He shows up there physically, <laughs> and then true. everyone eats him. That's true. Um, I like this. Uh, members believe the Bible is Holy Scripture, testifying of Christ's divinity, and the Book of Mormon is another testament of Jesus Christ. Um, Jesus Christ is mentioned two, or I'm sorry, three thousand nine hundred twenty-five times in the Book of Mormon. A mention every one point seven verses. I don't know how that's possible. That doesn't seem possible. One point seven every one point seven verses. I think you can read whole chapters and about not just get... wars between the Lamanites and the Nephites. So maybe, maybe what's ha- oh you know what the they're Lord doing? Saith or something here's, like that. Here, no, here's what's happening. You're getting like lots of verses that are like, and Jesus said unto them, "I will go unto the and I will do this." And every I every I in that yeah. is a mention of Jesus, You're and totally, so they're totally counting right. it. Yeah. Um, and then of course it just goes on. Um, it says a family faith, um, 81% say, um, being a good parent is among their top life goals compared to only 50% of the general public. <laughs> Who says that's... They, they don't, I, I, it's not one of my top goals cause I'm not a parent. <laughs> Where's more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, nine out of 10 members read scriptures or pray with their children and send them to receive religious education. I believe that's true. That's probably, that probably is true. They, they definitely Um, try to make everybody read their scriptures. Uh, let's see. 
96% donate to religious causes per year. Mm. Okay. Yeah, they're not saying... Okay. By religious causes, they mean they pay tithing. They pay tithing. Yeah. Uh, 80% donate to non-religious causes per year. Oh, that's, that's nice. Interesting. Well done. Uh, 70% participate in religious volunteering. I don't know how they get they these figures. they hold a calling in the church. Right. Yes, that because is what they mean. it's all volunteering. Right. Um, and and the, I wonder how they got how they claim to have gotten the figure about how much non-church uh, giving is going on. Oh, I don't know. Because they don't collect that information. Non... To non-religious causes per year. Non-religious causes. How could per they year. possibly know that? Non-religious causes per year. Maybe um, to the Boy Scouts. <laughs> they would have that information. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, um, and then they put spurious. They put their total church membership at fourteen million one hundred thirty-one thousand four hundred sixty-seven. Okay. 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 Well, okay. fourteen million is better than they used to say thirty million. No. Didn't they? No, 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 no. The number's never gone down. Okay. The number, this is... Um, oh, I, what am I thinking of? No, not 30 million. I have this. This is totally oh, secondhand. But um, when I was at um, BYU, I had a friend whose um, grandfather was a member of the Corner of the Twelve. Oh, okay. And we went to general conference and we did that whole thing. And, right. and we actually went and um, like hung out with her family and and stuff at one point. And one of the things that her mom, I think it was her mom who said this, um, was talking about how, um, the brethren, that's very Mormony, right. Speak for the church leadership. The brethren are very, um, <laughs> embarrassed by the number actually. Oh, that there are, cer- or at least there are certain members of the, of church leadership who, kind of cringe whenever they hear the official number right because they they know that it usually runs about 50 percent right whatever number they're really saying their actual real tally at any one given time is about 50 percent because they can't find everybody right that is supposedly mormon right right and they have really bad like retention rates Mm -hmm. for new converts um and they have um i mean they compared to other religions probably pretty pretty good they get about 50 percent of their the people that they know where they're at to actually show up right for church on any the given truth Sunday. of the matter is that so, they're counting which does go counter to uh this 77 percent of members attend church at least weekly compared to 39 percent of the u.s average they're i don't claiming know. that they're claiming that 77 percent, and i know for a fact i never lived in a ward as a kid that ever had more than 50 percent that's 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 abject bullshit yeah no. There is absolutely no basis. I'm just for that. living in Salt Lake. I mean, I know that 40%, supposedly according to Mormon numbers, 40% of this city is Mormon. Right. Well, that doesn't jive with my day to day experience at all. Yeah. Like, I, well, I mean, and day to day experience isn't enough to really talk about. No, that's but true. But here's what we do know we know that when the Mormons count how many of them there are, mm. they count everyone who was baptized, which means starting at eight years old. Yeah. And they count everyone who everyone who hasn't expressly written in and gotten their name removed from the rolls. They are also counting children of record, which are kids who are not eight yet, but who are on track mm. to being baptized. Right. They're also counting people who may have died but they don't have a but they don't have the official death certificate because mm-hmm. they, they lost track of them. Mm-hmm. 
Um, until they're, I think, 108 years old or something like that. They mm. count them. Hmm. Um, You're kidding. Yeah. Uh, I've never heard that one before. That's amazing. And then they, and so, so, and we know for a fact that they're counting all these people who stopped going to church. Mm-hmm. They're counting my wife, who hasn't, who is. Oh, she still hasn't? Mm-mm. She's never, she has, she still hasn't written in and, and had her name taken no off the roll. No way. They counted me for a long time because I didn't care to take my name off the rolls because right. I was like, I don't care if you count me. Yeah. And then they did the whole Prop 8 thing and I was like, I can't be numbered among people who are so bigoted and I, and I took my name off. And, but your wife can. Well, apparently. She, I mean, she wants to now. But she, you know, she, the thing is, there's this huge thing about like, if you get your name taken off, you kind of have to know that all of your the, – the bishop is going to go to your family members and say, you know, your daughter's getting taking your name off the rolls. You guys know that, right? Which is probably illegal. It is illegal. Um, but they do that because the letter that you write in, um, if you use the one from the form, from the form letter mm-hmm. and base it off of that, that's from like exmormon.org um, – or no Mormon no more. Right. It's I, Mormon no more dot or whatever or something is, like yeah. that. They have a they have a form letter that you can kind of modify and whatever, but it has like all the things that you really need to hit right. in order to make the most solid like letter period. And when I sent mine in, like I had said things like this is your you're not to this is I do not see I do not view this as an ecclesiastical issue. This is simply I do not want my name on your records. Um, please, you know, the Bishop is not to my, you know, the Bishop in my neighborhood is not to contact me. Mm. Um, blah, 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 blah. Well, guess what I got? I got contact from the Bishop, right? The stake president sent me a letter mm-hmm. and, and the church sent back a letter that said, we have forwarded your information on to these people. And I turned around and so quickly responded with that. You did not read my letter. Mm-hmm. You did not read it. And you need to. Right. Because this is what I said, and you're violating my own personal right to associate with whomever I choose to right. associate or whatever organization. Well, they have I wish all to. sorts of fun tricks. And so they, 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 they have do their little their tricks. Whole, yeah. They but... had me off within a week after that letter. <laughs> and I've heard of people just being dragged through this whole process because right. they start to, like, act, well, okay, well, I'll talk to the bishop so we can just get this done. And it's like, no. Well, there's also you a lot of people who are scared. No. There are a lot of people who do, do it because they know that that's, what they, that that's right for them. But, but they still have a lot of the, the whole mind game. The Mormon bullshit still up. In their in brain. Their and, and so it works for a lot of people, actually. Yeah. A lot of people get pulled back in because, because they're told they have to go through a church court. Yeah. And they, they have to face their bishop and their stake president. Right. And they have to face all this stuff. And it's all very, very scary. No, 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 no. And I was really hoping that they would do a church court for me. Yeah. Because I kind of wanted to go in there and just see what they had to say. It, I, I was just, it was just morbid curiosity. I, hmm. I couldn't give a fly, flying fuck about hmm. like what they thought, but I just, right. anyway, All right. anyway, moving on. <laughs> so I know that you're such a sports fan. I love the sports that you're excited about March madness. I only love March madness. College basketball, right? Well, yes. forget about it. What? Because what, what? there's something way more exciting happening better that than, I've discovered. Better than college basketball players? It's March Madness. It's Lent Madness. <laughs> what, you is, know. what is Lent Madness? <laughs> Beyond Someone, Lent being mad. What is... It, somebody, some guys on the web, a priest um, from... Uh, 
I guess it's Episcopal. Yeah, it's Episcopal. Mm-hmm. They've set up for Lent a bracket, a tournament mm-hmm. of saints. <laughs> saints are playing against other saints to see who's going to come out as the 2012 Saint of the Lent Madness. <laughs> who's going to receive, and I shit you not, this is what they're going to receive, the Golden Halo. Shut up. Up and so they like oh my god so like uh, Saint Sebastian sitting there with like cr- or um, arrows sticking out of him and <laughs> it's just know, it's basically Luce, people are voting Lucia. people are people she's are like she's like I'm so much better than you I've got a one on one hand and three fingers on the other <laughs> <laughs> no what's ha- so what's happening is they've pitted all of these various saints against each other and everybody goes on and votes for their favorite. And it's kind of a clever way to like get people more aware of their saints. Oh, sure, yeah, why not? So right now, just so you know, just so you know where the where the bracket stands. Oh yeah, let me know. Let me know. Um, Joan of Arc did beat Lancelot Andrews mm. in uh, in in the first round. Uh, so Joan of Arc's still in it. She's going to be playing against Mary Magdalene in the next round. <laughs> oh my goodness, where's Padre Pio? Uh, I don't got him. No, I do have because not all the saints. There's thousands of saints yeah. or whatever um emma of hawaii has beaten <laughs> catherine of siena she's that was an upset that was a big upset that was the most recent one. <laughs> oh my gosh so That's yeah amazing i'm really looking forward to seeing um if margaret of scotland can can topple william temple though we'll just Jeez. But we'll have to see how that one oh goes. Oh my god, that's hysterical! <laughs> oh my goodness, yeah. I who knows what's going to happen? Lent madness, you know. So there's the the round of thirty two, then the saintly sixteen as it gets pared down, the elate eight. Oh dear God! And then it gets to the faithful four. <laughs> that's so stupid. <laughs> Oh my god! That's some good stuff, friends. And it, oh my god, it's way more exciting than stupid basketball. <sighs> what saint is going to win? Yeah, what? What mm. dead person? <laughs> <laughs> gonna come up with it? I like more of a like a virtual contest of them like facing off. Yeah, right? and their their special powers. There whatever be they, they animations yeah. of these of these yeah. saints. Yeah, yeah, their powers. I I healed a woman who you know had. I don't know. But right. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. All their all their because various miracles. miracles. Yeah. Who has a better miracle? Although, how do the Episcopals do it? Is it the same basic process as the as the Catholics? I don't. I, I don't know what, much about they're, Episcopal they're Lent saints. Madness? No, they're saints. Yes. <laughs> Catholics do Lent madness totally differently. <laughs> it's a different bracket. It's it's double elimination. <laughs> it's more it's, of a round robin. It's so the, much harder to follow, frankly. <laughs> but it's more fair in the end. Right, right, right. <laughs> oh my god. Um let's see. Um Well, <laughs> if you'd like to join our conversation, the number to to leave a voicemail for us is 424-666. TGIA. Yeah. Call us in. 424-666-8442. Or you can uh, email us at podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. And, uh, of course, there's the Twitter feed, which is at TGIAtheist. Yep. Um, There's also the blog, um, which is awesome. Dan posts there, and I put notes sometimes from the episodes. Thankgodimatheist.com. And, uh, oh, and the Facebook page. Yeah. 
we've had a couple of extra, a couple of new likes oh, in good. the past week. So oh, that's, that's awesome. nice. Yeah, yeah. Keep, go ahead and like us. Like us on Facebook. If you want. There's... If you like us in the real world, like us on Facebook. Because <laughs> that's, that's more real than the real world. <laughs> All right. We're going to take a quick break. This is, uh, I don't want to do more of setting this up than just to say that this is Pat Robertson. Indeed. Folks. That's all you need to know. <laughs> At one time, we had probably the largest prison ministry in America mm-hmm. with CBN, and we did it with video, and the people, the response was huge. Those men and women uh, want to know the Lord, but there's something else we've got to recognize. We're locking up people that take a couple of puffs of marijuana, and, and the next thing you know, they've got 10 years. They've got mandatory sentences, and these judges just say they throw up their hands and say, nothing we can do is mandatory sentences. We've got to take a look at what we're considering crimes, and uh, that's, that's one of them. I mean, I'm, I'm not exactly for the use of drugs. Don't, don't get me wrong, but I just believe that criminalizing marijuana, criminalizing uh, the possession of a few ounces of, of uh, pot and that kind of thing i mean it's just it's costing us a fortune and it's ruining young people that young people go into prisons they come up they go in as as youths and they come out as hardened criminals and it's not a good exactly. thing exactly pat robertson <laughs> you hippie you mind. you crazy hippie you <sighs> i'm gonna start working on a pat robertson impression <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should. Well, the problem is we go into yeah. I'm gonna have to work on it, but yeah, yeah. No, isn't that nuts, dude? Making is... sense on marijuana? I know. What's the deal? And last week he made sense on the weather. On the weather. Next thing you know, he's gonna be like, you know what? This old god thing doesn't really make much sense. <laughs> I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. I'm saying what we're all thinking, right? Uh, I, I mean, the the, the 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 way that I became aware of this was that. Um, He's uh, he was quoted in the New York Times, I guess, this last week or pretty recently, uh, saying this exact same stance. Right? Weird. And and so I mean, um, he's he's of course he's absolutely right. No, yeah. Hello, like our like drug it's just it's the United States all, drug policy. He's is demonstrating uh, an ability to uh, have empathy, which I didn't think he had. Right. Um, and he's demonstrating an understanding of. The inequality and the unjust, the, the injustice, actually not inequality, the injustice of 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 these, um, you know, minimum right. sentences and 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 all that kind of stuff, right? And and just the the fact that the policy itself doesn't make sense. He's demonstrating use of logic and reason. Yeah, it's unbelievable to I, me, which you never hear out of that but, guy. But here's the deal: it comes from the fact, and he says it right at the beginning. He says. That they that they've had this prison ministry, right? And the the fact of the matter is, when you're exposed to populations and to people and to their concerns, and you start to you learn to care for those people, when you see an you, actual face, when you see a, a face, problem. and you can link it to the problem, you're going to have empathy because yeah. he's not a sociopath, no. So he's a human being; he will have empathy, and then all of a sudden he understands it from a totally different perspective because he's actually able to relate to somebody or connect to somebody who has been through it and who has had the injustice act, you right. know, acting when you, upon them. When and you so, meet your 10th, like good kid yeah, who's in prison right. for something that was literally never going to harm anybody else. Right. It's it, eventually it's going to get to you. It's going to get to you and you're going to come up with a reasoned and rational yeah. approach to, um, to, to an issue like that. Uh, he needs to meet some gay people. He won't. 
know, he, and see that therein lies the problem, right? Is that the, 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 con, the conservatives and conservative Christianity, they, they, they put these blinders on about how they want the world to be one way mm-hmm. and they refuse to see the world for how it is. Right. And, 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 and they've and got, actually the, they've got their, their, they've got their way of thinking about it. Mm-hmm. They've got their explanations for why Absolutely. people say they're gay and what, what gay means and what right. it all is about. Right. Instead of actually listening to their child or their grandchild or their niece or their or nephew or God their cousin forbid, just or, some random person, or just some random person. No, yeah, no, 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 no. I know I mean, why this happens. It's the devil gets in you or something. <laughs> it but it's you, why it's why Tammy, Tammy Faye Baker um, mm. was such an early advocate for the gay community. Right. Crazy Christian. Yeah. Crazy human being, by the way. I don't yeah. Know if you've ever oh, seen the eyes of Tammy Faye. Absolutely nutso. <laughs> but she's got a big heart and a she's lush a, to boot. She's a good person. Yeah. She's a good person. Yeah. And, uh, and she did a TV show with that uh, nice JJ Bullock. <laughs> you guys got to go find, <laughs> find as much footage as you can in fact dan of jim j and tammy faye oh is that what it was called it was something like that yeah jim j bullock not yeah 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 yeah, yeah. jim j and tammy faye (laughs) go to the youtube and find some of this shit because it is but let's put up a link of the one that we really like okay on on, on the blog okay tgi we need to uh, thank god i'm atheist take a note that we're gonna do that because we we say that we're gonna put stuff up and then we forget i i usually put notes up yeah okay yeah, Jim J and Tammy Faye, uh, Faye, I guess. Yeah, it's not like Santa Faye. <laughs> Tammy, Tammy Faye Baker. Yeah. Right. Um, it is. It's it's a treat. It is. But a good example of a really conservative evangelical Christian who met some gay people. Yep. And that's all it took. That's all it took. So. Alrighty. Hey, you know what? What? We know some things that Mormons believe. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so we're going to dive into a new, another segment of what Mormons believe. Oh, this is good. And this one's a good one. This is a good one. This is, you all need to know this. Um, those of you who are, who are former or current members of the church already know some of what we're going to say. Mm-hmm. But it, there's a decent chance you don't know all of what we're going to say. Sure. So this is some good stuff. We, uh, Dan and I were talking about, you know, like, well... Where's where's some of the wacky stuff that might be, um, that we've ignored, right? And that we haven't gotten to, or the, whatever. And 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 this is actually one that's just sort of sitting in plain sight. In yeah, Mormonism. yeah. Like, um, it's it's they they don't hide any of this mm. or most of it, right? And there are a couple things that we're, but they actually end up talking about. I think almost everything that we're going to talk about. Maybe a couple things you're going to talk about they don't really talk about right, in Sunday right. school. But um, this, this is some pretty um, mainstream LDS church stuff. And what we're talking about is Joseph Smith and the Book of Mormon. Mm, because they can't hide from this. No, this is the foundation. This is foundational. <laughs> this is the, without this, you don't have Mormons. Yeah. And we all know who Joe Smith is. He was the, the founder of the and and first prophet mm-hmm. of the Mormon Church, and uh, it might be important uh, just to note uh, as we're going forward with some of these dates. I'm going to be mentioning specific dates. Mm. I think the first most important date, because you can kind of do some math in your head and keep a, a tally of like how old he is at the mm-hmm. time. Um, he was born in December of uh, 1805. That's right, um, and that he was actually born in uh, in Vermont. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the um, family moved. 
And then the family. Moved. None, none of the good Mormon stories take place in Vermont. No. Sorry, Vermont. Oh, Vermont. <laughs> um, let's see. Um, well, you wanted to talk about the first vision. I think that's the mo- the first. Right. Is, is that where we want to start with his life? Sure. Is that the first, vi- sure. first vision? Because here's 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 how. Well, why why don't you, as a former missionary, mm-hmm. let's just do the quick rundown that a missionary gives on this. Well, and then we'll expand on it. I, to be honest, I don't fully 100% remember exactly what the rundown was, but I can okay. give you kind of what my sort of take on the whole right. thing is. Um, <laughs> wow. We'll just we're Fleming. pardon us while we clear our throats. Oh, yeah. Okay. So um, anyways, um, uh, oh, so uh, upstate New York, which yes. is where the Smiths were living. Palmyra. Palmyra. Um, Joseph Smith was a young lad of... Uh, 14 mm-hmm. and uh, his, his parents um, were, in, were not in any sort of agreement about which church they were going to belong to. So they each belonged to different faiths, if oh, I remember correctly. It's so hard on a home. Uh, it was really hard on a home. Um, and the thing about New York at this time is it was, it was called the burned over district mm. the burn the, i think it was the burned over district is what is sort of colloquially it was called um because there was had been such a um i hate sort of renewal sort of a rebirth of christian of sort of fervent christian evangelicalism or evangelizing mm-hmm. more than evangelicalism it was just evangelizing there were all these different groups and everything that were were going through that really everybody in the region had been sort of touched by um sort of religious fervor mm. and so Joseph Smith growing up in this environment um was um curious about which one he should join because they, they all said that they were, uh, the one to join. Right. And, uh, and so, uh, and so he thought that he should ask God, Mm. he should go and he should pray. And I'm sure it's based on some scripture. If any of you lack faith, let him ask of God or something like that. Yeah. 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 I think it's in the Bible somewhere, new Testament. I want to say, John, this is all just like coming to me in a flood of, thoughts i should have prepared this a little bit better try and curb your ptsd as you go through (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly um but anyways um so he um he went and prayed he went to a local like he went out into the woods near his family's farm Mm. (coughs) a grove a grove of trees and he kneeled down and he started to ask of god which of these churches are true. Right. And as soon as he started praying, he was overcome by a darkness. Mm. There was a darkness that he had to struggle against. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. Um, and he, he, he interpreted that as being the devil, mm-hmm. Satan himself. Why wouldn't you? Um, coming to, to stop what was about to happen, coming to destroy him. Mm. In fact, I think the word destroy is actually used in Joseph Smith's sort of the officially accepted Joseph Smith. It's very scary version. Um, and, uh, and there he is just a boy of 14. Mm. Um, and then out of the darkness or in coming into the darkness, scattering the darkness, whatever two personages 
illuminated, two illuminated personages oh. in a pillar of light I'm descend. Everyone, please imagine now. choral music yeah. playing to this. And so the, the, the picture that the Mormons have is he, Joseph Smith is on the ground and he's kind of laying back and he has one hand up. Oh, right? it's amazing. It's a beautiful and, picture. Uh, and then there's these two perfectly white, both in the fact that they're Caucasian and dressed in white, mm. um, beings, um, God the Father and his son, Jesus Christ. Mm. And God said unto Joseph... Behold, my only begotten son, mm. hear him. I think that's what he said. Mio filio unigenito. He has to translate it from the <laughs> Italian. <laughs> yeah, kind of weird. Okay, so so that's the basic first vision account. Yeah. You're, that, that, that you're used to hearing if you're in the church in, mm-hmm. at the, in this day and age. Yeah. Wrong. What do you mean wrong? Everything That's... about it is either right and is both right and wrong. I spent two years telling that story, Dan. Yep. Uh, everything about that story, there's other versions. What? That it is. It's Dan. kind of interesting. No, no, no. I'm. First what of all, kind the... of anti-Mormon literature did you get your hands on? <laughs> the kind that the Mormon Church has to grudgingly acknowledge. Oh no. Yeah. So okay. So. Here's the problem. Uh, well, here are some of the problems with that story. Okay. A, we have several different accounts from Joseph Smith himself of this event, and m- most of them have conflicts with each other. He what? Yeah. He was inconsistent in his own telling. Completely telling of the story. Utterly inconsistent, what? including the first version that he ever wrote down, mm-hmm. which does not include two personages at all. Has one personage. And what is the personage? Jesus. Jesus. The son. Okay. What does he say and do and instruct? And yeah, similar things to, to, to what, but there's but no mention whatsoever. But don't you think whatsoever. he would remember that, that God appeared? Well. The, the God the Father appeared? Well, he just, he just didn't remember, apparently. Wait a that second. That came to him later. No, no, no. The no, first no. account. Don't, don't we usually trust people's first <laughs> written accounts more than we trust the, further? The earliest extant yes. account of the first vision was from, 19, or from 1832. He wrote it down in 1832. It's when he wrote the account. So in 1832 was the first time that he wrote it down. Yes. This happened in 1820. Well, that's one possible time that it happened. Whoa. What? This could have happened any time between when he was 14 and when he was... Because uh, the first time he wrote it, he said he was 16 years of age. Shut up. Yep. So what? yeah, there's there's a lot of inconsistency. Okay, keep this. going, keep going. So um, yeah, the first the first uh, account that we have wasn't published until 1965. By the way, wait, yeah, 1965. 1965. The why? first account was not published. Why was it not published? Well, it it's kind of hard to publish something that hasn't that is so in contrast to the received view of what happened. Okay. Mind you, there are accounts of, you know, other people wrote in their diaries what they heard and those don't gel with what he with other versions of the thing. Like there's dozens of versions of this story wow. that floated around. Um so yeah, he's hmm. anywhere from 14 to 16 years old. Uh the number of people that appeared to him varies from account to account. Hmm. What they say varies from account to account. What he prayed for varies from account what to account. What do you mean? What else would he have asked for? 
forgiveness of his sins. No way. Is really what he was, is what the first one says he was going after. The he, first time he wrote it down in 1832, it was this, this pivotal, mm-hmm. pivotal part of the Joseph Smith story being that he went to pray to know which church was true. Right. And, and that's that, what the Mormons based their entire sort of, this is why we're our own right. new church. Yeah. Now, now even in the 19 or the 1832 version, mm-hmm. Jesus did say to him, none of these other churches are true and you need to start. And, and, and so he does, they, I don't think he says you need to start something, but he does say that they're not right. Wow. 1832. Like, I'm just looking at what's going on in the world in 1832. South Carolina threatens to secede from the United States. Right. Uh, Joseph Smith in March was tarred by a mob. Mm-hmm. In 1832. Mm-hmm. So he's probably starting to become a little bit more radicalized. Mm-hmm. Um, Joseph's adopted son, Joseph Murdoch Smith, dies from a cold cot when he was pulled from Joseph's arms during the mobbing. My God. So five days yeah. after the, the tar being tarred, yeah. his son dies. Yeah. It's a rough time. Okay. All right. It's anyways. a rough time. But anyways, so that's 1832. Right. When he's It's not until 1834 or 35 that we start to get written accounts okay. of the first vision cropping up. Well, there's a, there's an account by Oliver Cowdery. Who wasn't was, he also illiterate though? No, that, that cannot be true because he wrote a book. He never wrote the book. He always had scribes. Yeah, but he, I mean, he had to, he, I, I, he could, they're, write. they're apocryphally. They, they say that he, that he wasn't very good at reading and writing, but I think it's generally accepted that he was actually fine. He was totally literate. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, I'm not positive about that. So I'm not, I'm not stating that as, as fact. That's, Some of these other things. That's I'm, a question for your mom. Indeed. Dan's mom. Let us know. Yeah. <laughs> Do let us know. She's, she's a listener. Yeah. Um, so in 1835 there, Joseph Smith has his first account that was until the 1960s when the first, first account came out mm-hmm. and you know, and then, God, it gets very, very confusing. Just know that even the Mormon Church on their own website on LDS.org talks about recognizes that there are varying accounts. They spin it to say these accounts are similar in many ways, but they include some differences in emphasis and detail. Oh, okay. like how many dudes appeared to him, and, <laughs> you know, that kind of detail. Just little details here and there that may not, that may or may not be different. But together, his accounts pro- provide a more complete record of what occurred. Oh no! By more confusing, com- by more complete, they mean there's a whole lot of details, <laughs> many of which are com- are in com- stark contrast with each other. Wow! How do they make that work? They, like you just can't. Because to be honest, you like, pick the as, one that you like and you run with it. As as a young, believing, active Mormon, mm-hmm. I never had to like make that work. No, I never. I I don't know what you do to make that work. Yeah. Well. Anyways. Yeah. Okay. No. So most people don't realize about all of that stuff. Hmm. But but yeah, there's there's a lot of different differing accounts. Hmm. But it finally has all gelled to the to the account that you gave. Mm, okay. So there you go. That's that's the f- the first vision. Okay, interesting. So, so now we have a Joseph Smith. We have a Joseph Smith who doesn't who knows that he's not supposed to join any of these other churches. Right. And this either happened in somewhere between 1820 and 1822. Mhm. Um we think in 1823 according in on September 21st, 1823 according to the church's official um 
um, timeline. Mm. Uh, Joseph prays and is visited three times during the night by an angel named Moroni. Why does he keep coming back? What is this, is this a Scrooge sort of thing? You will be visited three times because Moroni will keep forgetting to give you. Oh shit! One more thing. Sorry, sorry. Wake up again. To I'm be, sorry. To be honest, I wish you'd asked me that earlier uh, because I would have looked up because I know that there's like a reason. But if I remember right, if I remember correctly, he says the same message three times <laughs> because because he's just trying to drill it into his head because it's not enough to have an angel appear right. in your room right. like you're not you're just not going to remember what he says right right and so well, um, he was sleepy he, what people don't know about joseph smith is that he was a really heavy sleeper <laughs> and that he was really groggy when he first woke up all i can imagine now is moroni appearing to him saying his whole spiel going back to heaven and going shit he didn't get any of that <laughs> Okay, let's go yeah, back. I'm going to go tell him again. This is like because a, I, he was bleary. He just, I don't think a, he got a thing. This is a goddamn 90-minute <laughs> trip from heaven to earth, and I've got to do it again. Uh, okay, 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 okay. It's pretty important. It's pretty important. I'm going to go tell him. I'm going to go tell him again. <laughs> so he finds out that there's a hidden book of scripture. Yes. From this Moroni fellow. Uh-huh. And, and um, where it is. Right. And, uh, and he does, uh, yeah, he tells him, um, yeah, he tell, tells him where it is. And then, so the following day, uh, Joseph goes to the place where the golden plates have been hidden. Cool. Okay. He gets to see him. Yeah. Except. And, and so we're talking about these golden plates and just to kind of let everybody know what the golden plates are, it becomes clear enough in a moment what they are but the the golden plates are or the gold plates i guess yeah um are um the uh the the, the supposed source of the book of mormon so this is why this is so important right right they are yeah um and so da, 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 da. So, so the next day he goes to receive the golden to, to dig up the golden plates right so he's shown the place he sees them he goes to grab them he's shocked Oh, he's shocked. There's an electric shock. And he is he's thrown back. And the angel Moroni says that he is not to take them, but he is that he is to return every year so he can see them for the next four years. (laughs) Right. Did I just make that up in my head? Because I remember that being part of the story. I I don't remember. I what I remember is like, why, why can't he have them? Yeah. It was just this whole, like, nope, you don't get them. I don't know. I told you where they were. You found them. Good job. Uh, let's just keep a lid on this. But nonetheless, whether or not he went back every year, um, he didn't get them until um, September 22nd, 1827. Which is like five years later. Which is four years later to the day. Oh, four years. Right. That's right. Which is why I'm pretty sure it was each year he had to go back. Now, um, so at this point... He's like, like um, 14, 17. He's like 16-ish because his birthday is in at the totally at the end of the year. So he's mm. like 16 years old when he is... Uh, is that right? No, 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 no. I'm doing some... He's like 20, 21 years old. Yeah. Yeah, he's 21 when he finally gets the gold plates. <laughs> um, and Finally. Starting, for whatever reason, um, he does... Also, it's important that not... The gold, the gold plates were not the only thing that Moroni 
let him have. Right. There was also the Urim and Thummim. Which are seer stones. Seer stones, yeah. Which are stones that you can you can use to see things magically. Yes. And um, and the, there were a couple other things, but that's right. the important thing. Right. Urim and Thummim. Now, to add some interesting context to this, mm-hmm. uh, we are in a time period where everyone in the United States of America is obsessed with Indian gold. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Everyone's obsessed with Indians. They believe there's buried treasure somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In there's- fact, this I'm not, I'm not so good on the details here, but I the, the whole like Joseph Smith was arrested for uh, like grave robbing. No, no, no. Grave digging. No, he was arrested for fraud. For and, fraud. And what he was what he had done was, and this is this is also interesting. There was folk magic mm-hmm. ran deep in his family. Right. So his father and brothers would go out with seer stones. Looking for gold. Shut up. Anybody remember this story? Hmm. And uh, and he would he was arrested for going out um, and doing like divining. Okay. So so like yeah. divining for water, all of that sort of thing. Divining for gold. And he would promise that he would help you find something. And then when he didn't, uh, they wanted him. Arre- people wanted him arrested. I don't. Okay. I I think that there are. I those are the, that's the only thing that I know of for sure that he okay. was actually arrested for he was definitely accused of other stuff well, yeah. but the accusing is accusing right. So, all right but 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 it is interesting to note that he had a history of like divining mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. using seer stones mm-hmm. or this was a family thing of using seer stones and of and of uh and so and of gold treasure seeking essentially when, when he comes up with this urim and thummim which are seer stones mm-hmm. right yeah um he would he would put them in a hat right <laughs> this had, is and this is controversial within the church too but there is a an absolute account of of the translation because now we've got he's got the golden plates right he's got these things and what they are are plates of gold upon which is written the book of mormon the entire book of mormon now if you in Reformed Egyptian. In ref- yes. Which is important. which is the language in which it was written. The written language was called Reformed Egyptian. Mm-hmm. So it looked it looked like hieroglyphics. Mm-hmm. Um your standard hieroglyphics, but diff- but it had different meaning. Mm-hmm. And uh somehow he managed to get that huge book, mm-hmm. five hundred pages right. of Book of Mormon. Right. Printed today. In tiny print. Tiny, tiny print. Onto like off of these giant, uh, there must. I once did the math. I I got curious mm-hmm. because gold is heavier than lead. Yeah, it's, it's, gold yeah. is a heavy, heavy metal. Mm-hmm. And there are descriptions of the the of the size of these plates, uh-huh. and and the fact that it's that they're written on both sides. Oh, so we really? can't be talking about foil here. We can't be talking about oh, l- yeah. l- you know uh-huh. thin. These uh-huh. are plates of gold, right? Upon which is written enough. Even if even if Reformed Egyptian is somehow a very condensed well, language, written language, holy shit! That would I mean it was like the the amount that he would have had to lift. Mm-hmm. You'd need a, a crane mm-hmm. to be able well, to get these out of the ground. Let's not forget the 116 pages of the Book of Lehi, which were lost. When we'll get to that in a minute, we will. But there's all of that, mm. and uh, which was the the that was the sealed portion, right? Yeah. So there's all of this extra material, which isn't even in That's the true. published Book of Mormon, right? That at, would add would have added, you know, that much however more. many more printed pages. It would be, I, it I would be know, unliftable because that would have been maybe maybe Mar- Moroni came down and helped him lift it. And we just don't know about mm. it. Yeah. 
Anyway, so now he's got these plates and he's got to translate them. Yes. And and get them readable for mm-hmm. for a modern day. So he begins translating the gold plates um, with Emma, his wife, mm-hmm. and her brother Reuben okay. as working, acting as scribes. Because all he's doing is staring at them and and looking and 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 one of the one of the methodologies described. Go ahead. I'll let you do this one. Is, well, he put the, 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 the seer stones, the Urim and Thummim, in a hat. Uh-huh. And then he would look. He, he would take the hat and he would look into it. Uh-huh. And that's how he got the translation. And this, to be clear, by the way, the plates aren't anywhere near him right. when he did this. Right. He looked into a hat and it just told him what the plates said. Right. So he wasn't why looking... did he even need the plates in the first place? Right. Exactly. But, Anyhow, but it's good to have them. They're good, good. They're good to have around, and it's a beautiful image. <laughs> yeah, I, I just love the idea. In fact, uh, most Mormon Harris with uh, Plan Ten from Outer Space, the the film, yeah, the film that he did um, has a really fun part of the guy with seer stones in his hat. Anyways, <laughs> the fact of the matter is that that most Mormons don't even hear about the hat. No, bit. no, no, no. Because there are other ways. There are other accounts of how he translated, including. Just going behind a curtain mm-hmm. and yelling out mm-hmm. to someone, yeah. to, to Oliver Cowdery or to whomever. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So he began, this is important, in December 1827. Um, according the, to them. According to them. And uh, let's see, it, did, it was not being published until 1829, August-ish. So mm. it's like two years mm. is what they're sort of officially saying. Um, well, I think the official a, statement is but that it, the it, translation it wasn't printed. It wasn't actually like announced to the public that the Book of Mormon had been published until 1830. I'm not sure if that means. I'm not sure quite what that means. But the, I think the official story is that mm-hmm. the translation occurred within like 60 days. It only took 60 days to translate it. Well, there's December 1827 to February 1828, and that's uh, when it says begins translating the gold plates. Um, and then in July of 1829, according to David Whitmer, the translation was completed um, on that same date. And mm. Oliver Cowdery copies an entire second manuscript in case of robbery or destruction of the first. Now, that kind of brings me to a really important story that's not on this sort of – this is not the official official list. This was um, on PBS's website where we found this nice little timeline. Right, because they had a they had a, a – a, uh, a documentary about a documentary it about called American Prophet. Yeah, right. and uh, but one of the things that's not mentioned there, um, but that th- is r- a really fun part of the story, and I and it's Mormons talk about it. Mormons know this happened. Yeah. Um, it's acknowledged. And uh, so one of Joseph Smith's supporters was this guy by the name of Martin Harris. Mm. And if you've ever watched the Mormon story episode of uh, South Park, <laughs> right. Uh, you're, uh, you're, you, you're, you're somewhat familiar with this. What is remarkable about that episode, by the way, is how incredibly accurate. Yeah. They did a good job. Is. They did a really good job researching it. So just, it's, it's the dum 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 episode. Yeah. And so, uh, Martin Harris was one of his supporters and, uh, is what was actually one of the three witnesses, um, of the golden, of the book of Mormon's golden plates. Right. Um, and, uh, and he, which means that he, he testified that he had actually seen them. Right. Um, but um, his wife, Lucy Harris, um, wasn't so con- so so convinced. Right. Um, she and, remained she, skeptical. She was a, a bit of a skeptic. And uh, 
So at a certain point, Martin um, asked Joseph if he could borrow uh, this 116-page uh, manuscript of the first section of the Book of Mormon that he wanted to show to his wife. He felt that if that if she saw them, if she could just see the manuscript. She, yeah, then she would know that she this could is... read it. Yeah, that oh. she would have a a, a testimony. Oh, man, that guy must have been so whipped oh to have God. to explain himself to his wife. Oh my God, like um, that. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But all, all I know is that Mormons do not like Lucy Harris. No. Um, because what ends up happening is after – because Joseph Smith is reluctant um, to let him take the 116 pages. In fact, the Lord warned Joseph not – like to, 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 to not do this. Right. Um, that this is just not a good idea. I don't know why the Lord didn't say, hey, why don't you just make a copy right. of the manuscript no, and then you can do whatever no, no, the, no, no, the hell you want with it. Um, but anyways, um, so Joseph Smith loaned the pages to Martin after a lot of, um, you know, cajoling and whatnot. Dude, and my wife won't even sleep with me right now. I got to show her this thing. <laughs> if there, can we just, can we just show her? actually the perfect route to take with Joseph Smith. Yeah. I was oh, like, yeah. my wife won't sleep with me. Well... He's like, oh, oh dude, that's, 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 that's terrible. Yeah, well, okay, take well, him. Yeah. Take him. It's fine. <laughs> I, I'm with you, bro. Bros before hoes, you know. So the, the no matter what version of what happens next you believe, what is important the is facts the, of the case. The facts of the case are there was no more manuscript after this event. <laughs> um, there Gee. are those who blame Lucy Harris right. for either intentionally or unintentionally losing them. Didn't she say she did it intentionally? Um, I thought she said the book that says that kind of stuff didn't come out until like, like uh, a century later. Okay. Well, what we know for sure is that he brought, he brought the manuscript home, showed her it went missing. (laughs) (laughs) It done disappeared. Um, but so, so, but but wait, this shouldn't be a problem. This should not be a problem. We've got the plates. You have the plates. We've got the divining. We've got the Urim and Thummim. Yeah. So just go back. You can just Uramate all over it. Yeah. And, uh, and we should be fine. You should be fine. Well, the Lord was, was pissed. Well, yeah. And I can't remember the length of time, but it was a period of time where, Joseph sort of lost the power. He lost the the ability to translate, if I remember correctly. Sure. Um, And so translation stopped for a spell. Sure. And uh, as the Lord and Joseph figured out the right thing to do. Because obviously, from my perspective (laughs) and yours too, um, he's going to have a hard time... like. What if well, what the if theory, she's just put it in a safe right. somewhere? So right? the theory is so he has to produce exactly the same thing word for word. Because if he doesn't, it kind of debunks the whole idea that he was that, that he's not just writing this shit. Exactly. That he's not or making just it making up. it up as he goes. Right. And so uh so anyways, um he sees the trap, he sees what's been laid out and he figures out his course. No, no, of the action. Lord. The Lord tells, tells him, him that I I, the Lord, foresaw this. Right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew that this was... I'm all-knowing. I knew this was going to happen. And so there's actually an abridgment in, <laughs> included in the plates of everything that was in the book of Lehi. Mm. So just... just It's not going to be the 116 pages. You've lost so much that was so valuable and so important to the, to the modern 
you know, right. people in, right. in this modern era. Um, that, um, yeah. And so that so, that was his workaround. So he just from memory was like, okay, well, I said that there were these people in Jerusalem, and he just like makes no, up a new one. No, the Lord tells him the new <laughs> abridged version. Yeah, yeah. And then oh, he, whatever. and then suddenly we have it, and 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 never again are we to hear those passages, those beautifully written passages from Lehi himself are lost to us forever. They're lost to us. Well, not forever. Oh, come in the millennium or in the or fullness of times. When, um, when we all get all to the closed books will be opened. That's true. And, uh, we'll, yeah. we'll have it, but we don't so but... thank God for that. <laughs> um, thank God for, for oh, miss... the test of that would have been too much. Miss Harris. And because then what if he had actually produced the 116 pages perfectly, then that would have been proof. Right. And God doesn't work with proof. No. There no. always has to this be a life, test of your faith. This life is a test. Right. You so can never know. If you know, something. then, uh, then uh, yeah, the world yeah. falls apart and yeah. everything goes to hell. And so anyways, that's whatever. kind of fun. That's fun anyway, so, so, and from all of this, eventually comes a book. And we have the Book of Mormon, and, and we then have the Book of Mormon, and 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 they're off, and they're off. So coming up on another episode of um, or another edition of What Mormons Believe, we'll actually get into a bit of the story of the Book of Mormon, <laughs> and, uh, which and is it's just a peach, delightful, it's a doozy. <laughs> <laughs> but now you know where it came from. Yeah, it came from a hillside in uh, in Camorra. Yeah, and if you uh, agree or disagree with anything that you've heard here, um, if we've gotten a piece of this story wrong, um, please give us a call at 424-666-TGIA. That's 424-666-8442. Or go ahead and email us. The, it's podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. And that's, uh, and that's how you can uh, join the conversation. Or you could email it, email us at podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, true. It does say that. Same thing. Oh, my God. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed it, folks. Yeah. Have a good week, everybody. And we'll see ya. <laughs>